Broadcasting live from a hollowed-out tree stump in the middle of no man's land, you reach Married with Comedy with Jeff Onyx and Joe Chandler. Strap in, boys and girls, and keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all times, because it's gonna get up okay oh switch headphones I switch headphones there now I can hear because I can't hear out of those other headphones but I can hear what's going on in the thing over here boom yeah so what's up what's up welcome to married to comedy I'm Jeff Onyx and on today's show we're gonna have um Joe Chandler later on in the second hour or around the second hour uh and we're gonna have um James R Freeman later on during the first hour and i forgot to take my keys off hopefully you didn't hear those too much keys 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 so i got keys so yeah so we're going to be doing all kinds of stuff today um part of the show today you're going to find out some interesting stuff about a beloved toy so it's going to be like a we're going to have a conjecture fact and then we're going to have like a back in the day which is also going to be like a conjecture of fact so you know you can determine if you wanted to you know be cool with that or not so oh excuse me i burped i shouldn't do that burped so what's what's first on the agenda i know what's first on the agenda what's first on the agenda is um first on the agenda is um trivia oh snap trivia snap Today's trivia question is, what is the softest mineral in the world? What is the softest mineral in the world? And here's a hint. I'm allergic to it. And a lot of people are allergic to it. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's been around for a long time. Some, some companies have been sued over this one uh, mineral that they still put in stuff. So that's the trivia snap. Um, we're going to be doing This Week in Comedy History, um, but we're going to use last week's This Week in Comedy History because this week's This Week in Comedy History, um, I didn't feel like writing it. So so we're going to do This Week in Comedy History. So this guy right here, David Herman, was born February 20th, 1967 in New York City and raised in Washington Heights, Manhattan, New York. Um, He's an American actor and comedian. He's best known for uh, as original cast member on MTV, not MTV, Mad TV, from 1995 through 1997. He was the only original cast member out of the original nine cast members of, MT, of Mad TV uh, when the series began to um, to have actual acting experience. So. He's one of the only ones out of the nine who started off. He's one of the original that started off on Mad TV, and he already had an established acting career. Okay. So he's also known, which I know him from this picture right here, also known for um, the character Michael Bolton in Office Space. He's also known for his voice work in Bob's Burgers, Brickleberry, Futurama, King of the Hill, OKKO. OK Let's Be Heroes, 
uh, and Father of the Bride. So you might not know, fun little little known fact about this guy right here is, why is that door open? Huh. Little known fact, he attended the acting program at S-U-N-Y Purchase. So don't know what S-N-U-Y Purchase is, but that guy attended there. So yeah, that was this week in comedy history. History. Yeah. So I'm going to jump in with the uh, Ghetto Chef. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Ghetto Chef. Oh, my goodness. You guys, uh, you're going to be in for a treat with this Ghetto Chef. Uh, and this, a lot of people think that this is a, uh, this next thing is a, um, a, like a European thing. It's not really a European thing. It's just, is that a, is that a, is that a stain on my shirt? Man, that shows up really well on the screen. Like, it doesn't show up at all when I'm looking at it. I don't see anything. But that's like huge right there. Whatever, man. All right, so what is this? Ghetto Chef. Boom. The Ghetto Chef today is... Yup. Smoky chick chickpeas on toast. Okay? Smoky chickpeas on toast. See if we can like can't zoom in on that picture. Man, I wish I could zoom in on that picture. Can I zoom in on that picture? Nope. I wanted to zoom in on that picture. Well let me zoom in on the picture. Alright then. Well, that right there. Oh, is an advert for playing. I don't want the advert. Alright, so in in their recipe as you can see that it's got um so that there's toast, and then you put chickpeas over it, and then you put sunny-side-up egg. Uh, another variation of this is just pork and beans on toast, or beans on toast. Um, you could do beans on toast, pork and beans on toast, with the egg or without the egg. Some people also do pork and beans with a piece of ham, like, like a slice of ham, with that thing. Wow. Yeah, you haven't connected with our show in so many minutes. I'm glad you're on the you're like connecting with the show. Hi Lori. Connecting with the show. Um I wonder I wonder why it's chatting up there but not over here. That's weird. Like I can see the I can see her live chatting and I can see me live chatting, but I can't see Everybody live chatting. Huh. That's weird. That's weird that I can't see, like, the chat. Huh. Live chat. Oh, there we go. I can see it now. Boom. I can see the live chat now. So, smoky chickpeas on toast. Um, or, like I said, pork and beans on toast. Uh, or pork and beans with ham. On toast, pork and beans with ham and sunny side up egg on toast. Um, pork and beans on toast is, you know, I, I don't mind pork and beans on toast. It's actually it's actually pretty good. Uh, another thing I really like is um, chip beef gravy. Really like that. Uh, biscuits and gravy, really like that. Had chip beef gravy yesterday. Chip beef gravy is really good. 
So, yeah. So that's chip beef gravy. That's the Alp, the, the ghetto chef. Ghetto chef. Yeah. So, um, let's turn off the ghetto chef. Lower thirds. Well, let's go back to, uh, go back to this. So you can see my pretty little face. You see my pretty little face. So, uh, here in a couple minutes, we're going to have Jay jumping on. James R. Freeman, or as I like to call him, Jay. He'll be jumping on with us here in a second. Why is that door open? There's a door behind me, and it's open, and I normally close it. And now it's making me wonder why it's open. But then again, if anything, anyone comes in, not anything, but if anyone comes in, these microphones are really, I mean, you can hear, they're, they're really hot. Oh, excuse me. I would definitely be able to hear them come in if anybody came in. So, y'all. You know, I set this up so that uh, we can we can have certain things happen at a certain time. And we've been just trucking along. You know what? This is my thing. I rush the beginning a little bit too much. And I shouldn't. I should hold back a little bit and not jump on it too quick. So, um, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump on the phone. See if he's there. <laughs> yeah. This is this is one of my favorite parts of the whole show is getting people on the phone. You know all those other people they're do the newfangled um getting people on uh like Zoom or something like that. Forget that Zoom stuff. We do it old school here. Cause this is like this technically is a radio show not a stream it's not an online stream this is a radio show so we do it old school this way hello hello i'm i'm calling for uh, james r freeman is james r freeman available Check. hey <laughs> hey james r freeman what's up i you know i i rushed the beginning of the show a little bit too much um I do like three segments before I get you on. And this time I rushed it a little bit too much. We're only going to do one uh, one segment today with you, if you're cool with that. You sure, got... whatever you need, man. But I don't know if you've ever heard of this one. So we're going to just jump on into it. This is Conjecture or Fact. And on the phone with me is James R. Freeman. Conjecture or Fact. Today's conjecture fact is the London Hammer. Are you familiar with the London Hammer? Have you heard of this? Not familiar with the London Hammer. Is that a person? The London Hammer is an artifact. So the London Hammer is also known as the London Artifact. Okay? So uh, it's, it's called the London Hammer because it was found in London... Texas in 1936. Hmm. So it, it, it's basically a, a hammer made of iron and wood that was found in London, uh, London, Texas in 1936. Part of the hammer is embedded mm -hmm. in limey, uh, limey rock, uh, a limey rock conc concretion. So basically it's, it's embedded in a rock, right? Okay. Uh, so, so people are calling it an an anomalous artifact because people are like, how could a handmade 
man-made tool get encased in lower crustaceous rock because it's considered lower crustaceous rock. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and this is what the, the hammer looks like. It's hammer time. Hammer time. Huh. I'm letting people see what the hammer looks like. Yeah. So have you have you gotten into the um, Tartaria stuff yet then, or the mud flood or any of that? No, not yet. But um, we're we're talking about the hammer. Is this part of the mud, is this part well, of the mud flood? And the mud flood normally happens after I go to uh, El Magüe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Hello. That's a reference to well, the diarrhea. Well, and I'm wondering if it's not connected to the mud flood because um, I don't know if you remember all the state fairs in the early 1900s, late 1800s, and whatnot all over the world. But they had one in Chicago, and supposedly they put up these temporary structures. But I'm, I'm looking at like old, I guess, film, which I find very odd. But also uh, pictures and whatnot of all the old structures. Well, this hammer, this hammer basically um, is uh, embedded in rock that is dated 400 million years old. Right. Well, you know what I think about this shit. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know. Um, yeah. So the hammer was uh, was was purportedly found by a local couple, Max Hahn, and, and a female friend. So Max Hahn and his female friend were out walking, and they were they were going along the Red Creek near the town of London, Texas. They spotted a curious okay. piece of loose rock with a bit of wood embedded in it. They took it home. Uh, a decade later, their son broke it open and found the hammerhead concealed in it because he was like, why is there wood sticking out of this thing? So he broke it. He broke it open, and there was a hammer stuck in it from like mm. that long ago. So the metal hammer head is approximately six inches or fifteen centimeters long. So it's six inches long, so about a half a foot long. Okay, and has a diameter mm. of about one inch. So it's not like a terribly large hammer, but mm -hmm. like you know, it's a hammer nonetheless. So, uh, so some people, they, they think that it wasn't used for like large projects, but, but for soft metal work, you know, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, and the metal was confirmed to be 96.6% .6 iron by John Thatcher. So it, it had nine, 96.6% .6 iron, 2.6% chlorine and 0.74% uh sulfur. Okay. Okay. And then the hammer hammerhead was not rusted. Um so and it's also odd that it didn't rust. You know what I'm saying? So it was <laughs> it was embedded in a rock and didn't rust and it hasn't rusted since they broke it open in the 30s. In the 1930s, so like 90 years ago. 90 years later this thing has not rusted. Okay. Well, this doesn't quite apply to what I was going to say about like the mud flood and stuff like that. Cause I found a lot of like melted rock and then melted rock over structures and then metal things sticking up through rock and weird. So that's what it made me think of, but I'm guessing that's not really the same thing. 
No, probably not. Oh, what are they thinking? It's Thor's hammer or what? Well, no. So um, uh, the hammer, it it got like a a lot of attention, right? And then uh, a creationist named Carl Bau, 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 he bought it in 1983. And he claimed that it was monumental pre-flood. It was a monumental pre-flood discovery. So he speculated a bunch of stuff about pre-flood Earth and how the atmospheric quality and and that there were giants, which is another episode. We're not going to get into that, um, which I, which is weird because it's a little tiny hammer. If a giant was using it, it wouldn't be that that impressive because it'd be a little tiny hammer, you know. Um, That's funny. So he took it to the Creation Evidence Museum and began to promote it as the London artifact. And then other observers noted that um, it's stylistic, stylistically consistent with typical American tools manufactured in the region in the late 19th century, which is which is weird. That either either A, it's a 1939 hammer that somehow somebody got into a rock, or B, it's an old, old, old artifact that, that says that people in the past made artifacts similar to what we make now. You know what I mean? Agreed. And, you know, obviously one of the questions would be, how did it get into the rock if it's a simple hammer? Yeah, I don't, well, what they're saying is, well, you mean, um, well, there's, there's an, I'm going to, I'm going to point that out in a minute. Um, so according, according to the, these people, they think it's a, uh, a miner's hammer from back before the flood of Noah. Okay. And the guy doesn't believe in 400 million years ago. He believes that it, the earth is way more recent than that. And that this, this is just from a civilization that lived back then. And this is proof that all that um, evolution stuff is crap. That's what they're basically saying. Know what I mean? This is proof that the evolution stuff is crap. Okay. Right, right. Because they're, because this guy's saying, look, if 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 we can't agree on something like this, that's obviously a modern hammer embedded in 400 million year old rock. Either your dating system is wrong with Which the with the rock, or we have ancestors who had tools way back when. Either way, it's also possible. Uh, it's possible both are true. Right. Well, and <laughs> right. if and if you had artifacts way back when, that messes up the whole evolutionary theory. And if that rock really isn't 400 million years old, that also messes up evolutionary theory because you can't age stuff back that far. Well, and let's let's be honest too. You know, the Bible doesn't actually say how old the Earth is. Yeah, it simply lists the genealogy, and then if you go and look at the way Genesis is written, either they told the story twice, or it happened twice. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and then let's not get into Genesis one twenty six, where it says we made man in our image. Yeah. Who's well, then we get a lot of hour? a lot of people. Me, a lot of yeah. People, don't give me the Holy Trinity because through the rest of the Bible, there ain't none of that talk about we and our. Yeah, yeah, but they're saying that in the beginning was God and and like Jesus was mm-hmm. was with God and was God in the beginning. So if right, but it doesn't say that. 
Well, it says it in the, the antique. Rest of the, and in the rest of the book, it makes no more references to we and our. Yeah, but I'm saying that in in the NT, in the New Testament, it does. Know what I'm saying? Right. I'm, I'm simply then again, stating. Then again, yeah. how do you know that, that God wasn't saying, hey, let us create man in our image, basically saying, hey, you angels, I'm going to create man in our image, in the image of, you know, like us. You right, know? but then that would mean that the angels were made in God's image also. Well, they were. And then and then we've got another quandary. Yeah. A lot of people believe that that is the, you know, the uh, other shoe that dropped that caused Lucifer to rebel. And it's like, oh, I see. You favor them. And little talking monkeys over there. Okay. Thanks. It's real nice. What, that he created <laughs> angels? in his image and then he also created man in his image right and then and satan I'm goes like, what are you doing bro in the wait what were we a mistake what, what happened kids these days <laughs> well let's us? let's look at a um a uh conjecture to this whole okay this whole sorry um, i got off on a tangent there so there's a guy that's an atheist that is like no bro you guys are totally stupid. Uh, I zoomed in too much. I zoomed in way too much. I'm trying to zoom out now. Okay, so uh, there's basically an atheist who's like, no, it's not that. You guys are stupid, you know. Oh, this one lists a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, never mind. I, I thought this was the atheist website, but it's not. <laughs> the only proposed explanation is that this highly soluble material in ancient limestone may have formed a c concretious uh, around the object, concretion around the object, thus making it seem as if it were old, as old as the minerals themselves. But this has not been confirmed. In fact, radiocarbon is yet to be undertaken for the hammer itself, which brings significant question question marks for the date of the hammer. The hammer is now on exhibit in the so-called Creation Evidence Museum, which is also kind of unfortunate because curators don't allow scientific tests on the London hammer. So this guy's like, yeah, no. Because the, the rock itself was just rock that eroded and melted and then formed around the hammer. And the hammer is not really that old. Well, and that's, uh, to be honest with you, not knowing exactly what's up, that's how it sounds. Like it either, it, either that or, you know, you and I had talked about sound waves and using that to manipulate matter and whatnot. You know, they could have manipulated the matter of the rock as a demonstration and then just took this little bitty ball peen hammer and went, whoop, see there? Yeah. Or it could be like uh, the sword and the stone is supposedly a real thing. I mean, I don't know about Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, how far that goes. I don't want to go off tangent there, except to say that supposedly the story about the sword and the stone is real. That there was actually a sword that nobody could get out of this stone. And the dude was either smart enough to figure out how to get it out of there, or he knew the trick. Yeah, well, a lot of people think that the Sword in the Stone was similar to that uh, bar of gold, the bar of gold thing at the, it was like at a casino or whatever. 
Have you ever seen the bar of gold? Or is a museum? Uh, I don't know if it's a museum or a bank or what. Anyway, uh, it's a bar of gold in a in a in a Lexan case, and the okay. bar of gold is in the center of the Lexan case, and it's got a little tiny hole in in the Lexan. And they said, if you can get that bar of gold out, you can keep it. Uh, um, so this little kid, before. this little, little little kid, I'm telling you, dude, this guy, this kid had to have been like nine maybe ten sticks his hand in there grabs his bar of gold without dropping it or anything he just picks it up and just funk right out and goes this are we supposed to take this out do i get to take it home and they're like no 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 no. you you get this and they gave him like um the gold rush candies you know what i'm talking about uh -uh. yeah they gave him gold rush candies I would have gold rushed that gold out the door. I wouldn't even have been like, <laughs> and just walked out. <laughs> and and I've seen I've seen video of the kid doing it. And it was like, pew, right out. And apparently after that, people have been doing it a lot. Like they know how to get it out of there. So they're like, yeah, uh, if you get that out of there, you win. Yeah. You win some gold candy. All right. So um, all right. So what's your theory? about the hammer yeah um well i i think that uh the hammer itself is probably a modern hammer and i think that because it's similar to limestone that's encasing it that it was like in a um in a uh, in a mine or river or whatever probably more likely in a, in a mine and then the um like it formed inside of a stalag mite or stalactite i don't know which one the ones on the ground is there's stalagmite and there's stalactite you know what i'm talking about yeah i can't remember either you ever been <laughs> to uh the the caverns over there near where you live uh when i was younger i haven't been yet with the kids but i plan on going so down over there mm -hmm. there's a cavern and they show you a picture of a stalag, whatever the hell it is, stalag type might, whatever. Like mm -hmm. in the in the 30s, in the 1930s, when the when the cave was was first like they started doing tourist attractions there. And then they show it over the years how it grew from the from the limestone eroding away above it. You know what I'm saying? So I think right. the hammer possibly is a hammer from like 1910 or some junk like that. Like, and it's a miner's hammer. The way it's shaped, it's shaped like a hammer that you would strike a uh, a um, a uh, a chisel. You would strike a chisel to break a rock. You know what I'm saying? So it's a small hammer that would strike a chisel to break a rock. And it was, and they found it next to a, a river. But who's to say that that thing? wasn't in a cave and then moved to the river. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense? You still there? I'm trying to I'm trying to make sense of what you said. Okay. Okay, so so in a cave, somebody was working as a as a miner. They're mining. Right. Okay. Right. And they're using a chisel and a little hammer. Okay. Uh -huh. They leave their hammer there, they drop it, something. And the hammer's sitting there, and it just happens to land where limestone um, deposit is dripping into a stalag tight or mite. And then the stalaga thing 
forms around it. Okay. Then fast forward years later, and it's found next to this river, um, like 10 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, whatever. And it's found next to the thing. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, I I like your theory. And then when they broke it open, it looked like concretion because it was concretion. That it's a modern hammer. Not modern, but I mean modern at that time. A modern hammer that was within 20 years of, of them finding it. And that it was uh, encased in concretion that was formed through a stalactite or stalagmite being formed. Yeah. It's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty good. But then that really shows their gullibility. You know what? Snow on the the age. Well, they're right? saying they're saying that the age of the of the limestone um, okay, the scientists would say that the age of the limestone really is really, really old. Um, but it, what it does is it it melts and then reforms. So it takes on the characteristics of the original rock because it was it was um, melted or eroded and then reformed. Right, but I'm saying their aging is off. Right, I I agree with you. Their aging is off. Yes, we, that was my point of that. If that's if what you're saying is true, and it sounds plausible <laughs> um i like it at least at least gives you some idea of what's happening with that hammer yeah yeah being yeah. in the rock i mean even if you could do it why would you do it exactly so i like i like the idea of it being set down and something dripping on it right and then, then it and wasn't then like yeah. it wasn't deliberately done to fool people it was done in a way where um it happened naturally and people found it, and then they just, you know, their belief system overruled, on both sides, their belief system overruled what reality is. Well, it's like I told my wife, you know, your belief system, everyone believes in something. Even yeah. if you're the world's biggest skeptic and you think you don't believe in anything, <laughs> the fact that you don't believe in anything is believing in something. Because you believe that all those theories are bogus, that those people are either lying or somehow deranged or disassociative, you know? Yeah. Um, so there is a belief system involved. I would say that um, part, who was it that said that? As soon as you have an observer, you screw up the experiment. <laughs> Um, Lori was saying that she used to work for a magician and he would watch with a camera and whenever it was okay for somebody to pull the sword out, he would let them pull the sword out because he would like, you know, it was like electromagnet or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, but then she said BS to that, you know, like it's BS. And then I was thinking, you know, your belief system is BS because it's a B BS belief system. <laughs> That's funny. You like that? I get, yeah, I didn't catch that. That's funny. Yeah, because it's a BS. So. It's totally BS. Wow, man. Those segments were really good. You know what's messed up about that? Is that, um, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to have Joe on in a little bit here. But uh, I've got three segments before Joe comes on. 
Do you want to hang on with another segment? Sure. Okay, this segment's called Back in the Day. Back in the Day. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Back in the Day segment? You've heard of this before? Well, I mean, I get the idea. <laughs> back in the Day. Okay, so back in the day, we had this thing called the um, My Buddy Doll. Yes. Okay. My buddy. Yeah, yeah. My buddy and me. Yeah, my buddy. So um I would I would show you a picture of the my buddy but they're really evil looking apparently. <laughs> they are a little bit. That's what the Chucky doll was based on, isn't it? No. Well, yes and no. So we're going to go over because this is this is kind of a conjecture <laughs> fact and it's kind of a uh a uh, conjecture fact and a back in the day, but I in the studio with me right now is my buddy. This is my buddy a real pal <laughs> in the box. This is a, my buddy in the box. Wow. But that's worth some money, dude. And, um, with, with my buddy and, and is, is Oh, who is this? Oh, look, it's kid sister. Kid yeah, sister. Uh... <laughs> oh, look at that. Kid sister and my buddy. You hate your dolls lonely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So first we'll explore the, the um the, the the truth that they're trying to push okay you ready for this the, uh -huh. the my buddy die was uh the my buddy doll was a line of toys made by hasbro in 1985 okay so hasbro made this this doll okay uh -huh. and then um they they wanted to make a doll that appealed to little boys and teach them about caring for friends and the idea was both innovative and controversial at the time because dolls were traditionally associated with girls. Girls played with dolls. Boys played with action figures but didn't play with dolls. Right. Even though technically it's just a doll dressed up in boys' clothes. But, right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the theory is that um, the companion, kid sister, was marketed toward girls. And the my buddy doll was marketed toward boys. Okay, that's okay. what they that's what they're trying to say on Wikipedia. Okay. 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 So then Hasbro discontinued the line before the start of the 1990s, and then Play School took over the production of it, making changes to the likeness of the doll. Um, <laughs> and then here's what they're saying. Play School changed the likeness of the doll because my buddy is one of the one of several dolls said to be the inspiration for Chucky, the evil doll in Child's Play. <laughs> OK, the initial run of my buddy had the following characteristics, a red baseball cap, brown hair, ye a red, yellow, blue, white striped long sleeve shirt, red overalls with my buddy, the my buddy logo on the chest, white socks, blue shoes with with a white stripe uh the whole doll besides the head was stuffed with fabric so everything was stuffed with fabric except for the head the face had blue eyes freckles a button nose and a smile okay uh -huh. so that was the original okay but right. two versions of the dolls existed there was a brown haired version and then there was a blonde version the blonde version had a blue baseball cap, blonde hair, 
red, yellow, blue, white striped long sleeve shirt, blue overalls with my buddy logo on the chest. See the difference so already? They, they switched the hat. The hat was red, now it's blue. The overalls were red, now they're blue. With white socks, red shoes instead of blue shoes with a white stripe. Uh, the whole doll besides the head was stuffed with fabric still, and the face had brown or blue eyes, freckles, a button nose, and a smile. And then there was another doll made after that. It was the African-American version outfitted with the same uh, same stuff as the brown-haired Caucasian doll. Okay? Okay. Okay. So the doll was released by Play School in the 90s. And it made all the clothing unremovable. You couldn't take the clothes off because right. it was sewn directly to the body of the doll. And the kid's sister also released with clothes sewn onto the body, uh, right. making it virtually impossible to dress the, the the dress them in different different outfits and stuff. And there were actually complaints. They wanted to be able to change the clothes of the little kids. They wanted to, or of the dolls. They wanted to be able to put on different outfits. So, crazy, huh? But they did it because they didn't want to have to produce clothes separate. They wanted to just produce the doll, and they didn't want to have to do clothing separate because it costs more money to do that. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So you remember uh, my buddy my buddy wherever i go he goes my buddy my buddy i'll teach him everything that i know my buddy and me like like to climb a tree my buddy and me were the best friends that could be my buddy my buddy my buddy and me yes yeah so um oh, well, so fun fact so, my my well, 20 year old cat is named uh -huh. Buddy because my son used to carry him around like a doll and would say, he's my buddy, he's my buddy. And he would uh -huh. sing that song carrying my cat. So my cat got that name from, from that. <laughs> so what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, did we uh, do any research on what Chucky wore and how that relates to the original Buddy doll? No, but... But we're gonna get into some uh some some okay, who who's being an SJW? Is it the uh Wikipedia or this other person? But before we do that, so um Adult Swim Robot Chicken had mm -hmm. my stalker uh, as a as a little doll. Uh and then there was a parody <laughs> of Clarence, Clarence's little buddy doll in an episode of Robot Chicken. Okay. So crazy. Wow. Apparently my buddy has been in all kind of stuff. He was in um, Wangsta by 50 Cent. You know what I'm saying? But with a gangsta look. Yeah, I don't remember that. Growing Pains <laughs> by Ludacris. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Here's, here's one. The theme of my buddy as my homie as an homage to the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I remember my uh nephew had one of them dolls called the Little Homie. Little Homie? Yeah, they were called Little Homies or something like that. And 
I used to call him little homie. And so when I saw they had those dolls, I got him one. And for like a year, man, you couldn't tear the doll away from him. And then, well, that gets into this. So, um, my buddy was the first boy doll introduced in 1985. Okay. Um, and then, um, Hasbro during the Hasbro time, they made the, the, my buddy doll because, um, of feminism about two decades after feminism and the women's right movement was in full swing many social pundits noted uh, with some with enthusiasm and with some disdain that society's males were being forced into revealing uh, revealing their soft nurturing sides (laughs) even when with this notion being benign it was fairly revolutionary when Hasbro introduced the My Buddy doll. The company claimed That's hilarious. With ninety-five percent, maybe more, of the species on the planet, the the male half doesn't have a nurturing side. Yeah. So Hasbro introduced the My Buddy doll. The the company claimed the intention of the doll was um, doll's creation was to teach boys how to be more caring toward their friends. They went even further by adding kid sister doll to the collection, encouraging boys to be nice to their little sisters instead of uh, engaging in the traditional teasing of their younger female siblings. So then Wikipedia is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right there they're telling you that ain't why they made the doll. So this that's, that's what these people were saying. They're saying that, that, that that's why they made the doll because, uh, you know, uh, so in addition to the kid sister doll, Hasbro also, um, did a wink a blink, my buddy doll that had movable eyes. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Uh, they also had, um, coloring books, stickers, paper doll books, and other stuff like that. Um, so this was like a big thing in the nineties. Okay. So in the nineties, dolls were aimed at young males, at, at young boys, to promote warmth and friendship. So a bunch yeah. of companies decided they would get together and they would offer um, different boy-related dolls at varying prices in different sizes. So some of the dolls that were introduced back then are Bratz boys. Do you remember Bratz? Okay, vaguely, yeah. So they had uh, a Bratz doll called Prince Aiden as part of their Bratz Boys series. A 10-inch doll had changeable clothes and comes with a comb and a boy's wallet, which is different from a girl's wallet, apparently. Which, you know what's funny is I use a, a women's wallet just because it's smaller. They're easier to carry. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah, I, I get you. When I go look for a wallet, I look in the men's section. They're all stupid. Then I go to the ladies section. I'm like, wow, these are cool wallets. So I end up getting like a camo one or a black one. Nobody can tell that it's a, a guy. It's not a guy's wallet. Anyway, my my father-in-law had this really nice wallet. And I was telling him how nice it was. Like, man, it's really nice. He's like, go ahead, take it. I was like, I don't need it. He's like, no, please take it. Don't offend me. Take it. So I took it. You know, I've never used it. <laughs> I grew up in a rough neighborhood, man. I don't keep 
a wallet. And if I did, I sure put, wouldn't put my fucking money in it. You, you put your, just... you put some of your money in your boot next to your boot shank. Yeah. If you listen, if you steal my wallet, you better really like wallets because that's all you're getting. That and some pictures of my kids. You kidding me? That's funny. Like, you, who carries to... wallets anymore? I mean, a money clip. I, I'm a little older now, so I, I use a money clip. Well, I had a money clip, and then I decided to just get a binder clip. Because <laughs> then that way, if I lost my binder clip, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> I, I, dude, I remember I had a girlfriend one time who used to sew little pockets in my shoes for me. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Well, speaking She's of that, awesome. speaking of that, well, her name is Shelly. Shelly. Well, yeah, I liked her. Speaking yeah. of that, then the, then the next doll introduced was called the Big Boy doll. It was a thirty-inch doll, uh, and it was handmade in Montana and con- constructed totally of cloth stuffed with soft batted batting material. It only weighed three pounds, and it was available on sale. For fifty dollars, you could still get it for fifty bucks. Big boy, the big boy doll, thirty inches tall. Okay, that's a big boy. Um, the best friend club Inc. Best friend club <laughs> BF the BFC dolls, made by MGA Entertainment, are eighteen inches tall, dressed in trendy clothes, and come with boy purses, hairbrushes, a BFC membership card. The clothes are removable. And other outfits can be purchased, including a cowboy outfit, golfing clothes, and the doll costs about $30. And extra outfits cost about 20 bucks. You're telling me an extra outfit for a fucking doll costs 20 bucks? My outfit costs 20 bucks. The one I'm wearing. I don't want to get started, but you know, these are the guys that are now wearing skinny jeans. I want you to understand that. Well, what I don't understand. All you parents, all you parents who bought these damn dolls for your kids in the 90s. It's all your fault. I don't understand why they have um, a cowboy outfit and golfing clothes, but they don't have um, a biker outfit or an an Indian (laughs) or a construction worker. Get it? Get it? The village people? YMCA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or the little Rob Halford best friend club doll. Oh, God. Is that a microphone in his hand? I don't know, but it goes right toward his mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Is it black or white? <laughs> uh, Big Brother Boy doll. So the Big Brother Boy doll are soft-bodied plush dolls that are 14, 14 inches tall and marketing as um, a gift for little boys who are becoming Big Brothers for the first time. So huh. it helps them to... to um, to get used to having a smaller sibling to take care of the doll, to get them used to having a smaller, an, another kid around. So then that way right. they're nice to their kid when they get. Right. Cause you know, that was the problem with before those dolls, that was the problem with kids is that when a new kid came into the family, almost all kids lost their mind. So no kids knew how to treat their siblings. So, okay, here we go. opinions abound in the effects of boys playing with dolls some (laughs) some profess that that the practice will eliminate the manly man facade to the ruin of all humankind uh, and others maintain that promoting nurturing characteristics is a positive is a positive for both genders before investing in a boy doll for a gift 
be sure and check how the child's parents weigh in on the subject. So if you're going to be getting a child, uh, a doll for, for, you know, a child of a friend, make sure, or a family member, make sure the parent is cool with that. Because right, that makes sense. we know somebody who recently had a, a birthday and they received some dolls that were kind of odd. Would you like to yeah. share the oddness of the dolls? See how this segued right into you. It's good for you to be part of this one. That's so funny because that's it. okay. So we don't buy the LOL dolls. LOL. What's that? The LOL are these weird big headed dolls. Okay. And they're not really supposed to be anatomically correct. So no. I want to make that clear right now. And the girls have like a little pee hole right down there okay are they are they are they usable it's like a betsy wetsy well yes but we always kind of assumed it was because the um they were like bath toys you could play with them in the bath and whatnot oh okay and the way, and the, way the toys are made they are water resilient if you will so you can play with them in the tub if that's not exactly what they're for. And then when you squeeze them, water comes out that hole. Right. And the kids always thought it was cute and fun. But then we got one that it's funny because I say anatomically correct. Um, but it looks like a <laughs> it looks like a a dyke doll. I don't know how else to explain it. I hate to say it that way, except for it doesn't look like what you would see nowadays. It looks like a 90s, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, it, how they dressed and how the haircuts were. Or a modern like way male it, doll. Right, but they... Because there's a look, lot of males that look like that now with like colored hair. Right. and The males look like that more like in the 80s. Okay. Right? Yeah. So... Yeah, so it was kind of like that, you know. But this one, it's it's like the hair and the look of it, it's like a '90s. Hey, I liked Madonna in the '80s and never quit dressing that way. Kind of look, almost right, but yeah. with the, with that weird short haircut. So, anyways, um, and then I don't know. My daughter, she loves the little LOL dolls, right? So somebody got her lol dolls for her birthday which was recently and of course she loves them and i wasn't paying attention so she gets the dolls she sticks them in this little purse of hers and she runs off and everybody's happy and later on she's hollering screaming crying she can't find her lol boy her lol boys keep saying I'm like how do you even know it's an l it's a boy or a girl you know, because of the way the doll looks. She's like, because of the the bottom. It has a thing, Daddy. It has a thing. And I'm like, it has a what? She said, it has a no-no. And I was like, whoa, okay. So That's the picture those, you sent me. Right. For those who don't know, at least when they were kids, now not so much, but when they were younger, we did hoo-ha and no-no. <laughs> And part of the reason we did that was because I kept getting headbutted in my no-no. So it just became the no-no spot. <laughs> don't don't go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when she said that about the doll, that's what she was referring to. He he had 
a no-no spot. And I'm like, oh, crap. So I'm scouring the house, finding this stupid doll. And it's not just a no-no spot. It's got a twig and berries, bro. I should have sent, sent you a picture of it. You I did send me a picture of it. I did? Yeah. Awesome. Because it totally has a twig and berries. In my I, I, if I would have thought about it, I would have showed it on here. But I, I, oh my gosh. I don't have time and, to show it on here. But yeah, I, I'm so mad. But also, part of me thinks, you know, I could sue LOL people. <laughs> Be like, there was no warning on the package. Hey, this doll has a package. Yeah. You know? yeah. It, it should be something like that. Anatomically incorrect. <laughs> Anatomically correct-ish. <laughs> well, did they did the package say anatomically confused? <laughs> I'm totally confused. Oh, that was so terrible. This, and this is what my I got to bring my kids up with, you know. This doll may cause confusion. And the, and and the best part is is I think I handled the gender thing properly with my kids because they didn't freak out about the gender thing with this. They didn't even hardly notice that the doll looked confused about its gender, even though it had a twig and berries. You know, yeah. it's so funny because when my kids were like, oh, I'm going to be a boy like you, daddy. No, you never will. No. <laughs> you get all the surgeries and pills you want to, but you can never change your cellular design. Oh, you're going to get us banned. <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck, you know? And I just told my, I didn't tell them quite like that, but I just told my kids, you're girls. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be a girl. You're probably as tough and as strong and as fast as any boy. Probably, you said. But, still, but you're still a girl. You know, my oldest, uh, she got cut in line at school. Some little boy grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and the seat of the pants and pulled him out of line and said, you don't cut in front of me, boy. <laughs> and the teacher was just like, huh. I got to tell I, you. I got to tell you something. Do I get involved? I don't know. So, yeah, man, it's fine. So There's nothing wrong with being a girl. Anyway. I ran into an African-American person who was transitioning. And this, oh. this person was talking to me and I was like having a great conversation with this person. And then I noticed their, the, their shirt said melanin and it had different shades of black people on the shirt. <laughs> and I said, no. well, I identify as black. And they're like, no, you don't. I go, yeah, I identify as black. I, I identify <laughs> as having melanin. And they're like, you don't have melanin. Yeah. I, I identify as having a lot of melanin in me. I do. You know, no, if we did a <laughs> test, you wouldn't have any melanin. Well, if we did a test, you wouldn't have the chromosomes that you think you do. All right? <laughs> right. That's fine. The person walked away mad at me. Well, I love it, man. but I was, I was, you know, honest and truthful. Whatever, man. Whatever. Well, and, and I think I told you about that story about that dude named Marilyn or the dude who I can't remember. If I even knew the dude's name, but he insisted we call it Marilyn. And it was like this weird, I don't know, like up, upper echelon drag queen. Huh. And it, it was telling me about all the stuff that would be going on in 20 years. I lived in Key West briefly. My, yeah. I was engaged to get married and we went down there to get married and she convinced me to stay down there. And then like six months later, tried to wander off and go date some freaking bouncer at a bar. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is 
that mm-hmm. somebody tried to give you a glimpse of the future and you were like, nope, that ain't going to happen. And then it happened. Well, here's the irony of it. It's so weird because now that I look back on that situation, I realize what what was really happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Remember remember yeah. when we used to sit around, was it 10, 11, 12 years ago? And we'd <laughs> yeah. sit around outside at DiCarlo's and we would have conversations with people mm. who were, were talking to me and, and about this stuff. And I was trying to share with them the path that it's going down logically. This is the path that's going down logically. If you stick to what you're talking right now, this is where it's going to go. And they were like, it will never happen like that. It stops here. Yeah, it was so gradual that they don't even remember the conversation that they had where somebody said, hey, this is what's about to happen here in the next couple decades. They're not even going to remember that. Yeah. And if and they do and if they do now. remember it they they were they would reject the fact that somebody somebody uh called them out on it back then. It's weird. Yeah. So so with the Maryland thing, what I realize now is that what I was dealing with was a I don't want to say a possessed person, but certainly a perfectly programmed person. Okay? Someone who really believed that nambla is okay yeah they they were sold out on the whole thing right that that a 15 year old boy if he's willing is is fair game you know what i mean and when when you start that conversation then the the gay straight thing doesn't make sense anymore because then it's not about that it's about being a predator right Because you prey on a 15-year-old because they're easier to get to. They're easier to convince. They're easier to mislead. Well, possibly on a future episode. That's why you're supposed to wait until they're 17 or 18 so that the the person has the mental capacity to at least make a decision. decision. Right. Yeah. Um, Sorry. In the future, we're going to have a a guest on uh, who might have a regular regular, um, segment. (laughs) And the segment might be something around the lines of um, Marty Rants. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. So, because because Marty and I were talking similar to what we're talking right now, and he had like a whole rant about this topic. And I'm See, like, okay. you, you don't remember? You don't remember me doing jokes about urinized conversations? Yeah. Yeah. I still have those. I still have those uh, index cards and stuff. <laughs> See, I'm like I'm like the um, the uh, inspiration for a lot of comedians. Most of them just write jokes directly about me. Well, and I did the um, I did that whole like ten minute bit about the Rainbow Warriors. You know, the guys running around with their underwear hanging out of their pants and shit. Was that me? <laughs> What's that? I used to run around with my underwear hanging out of my pants. Actually, <laughs> well, I used to know, run around just wearing underwear. It's one thing like if you're a plumber and your cracks hanging out while you're up underneath my sink serves me right for not being able to fix my own sink, right? Yeah. yeah. It's another thing when you're running around with your gun and in your belt and then your pink and green polka dot underwear all bunched up sticking out of your back that doesn't make any sense to me yeah it doesn't make any sense it's it, you know look me you're surrounded by dudes nobody wants to see that if you start taking off running what's going to happen is 
your pants are going <laughs> to fall down around your ankles and you're going to drop your gun and you're going to accidentally shoot yourself. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot, idiot. And then, and then you'll be easily easily caught by the popo. They'll arrest you. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's weird, right? And then the thing that people don't really know, and it's so funny because I'm pretty sure Tupac knew this when he was sagging his jeans all over the place. It's a prison thing. It, it was it was a prison thing. It meant you were either gay or you was at least open for business. You know, you know, it's uh, saggy pants and um, slippers. People are <laughs> running around with slippers. You see them at Walmart. Saggy That's pants and so slippers. Oh, yeah. What is that? That is know. so weird. I saw this really, really, really like mean looking guy who wanted to be like so OG, you know, like gangsta. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right. And, you know, he had like the tattoos and the chains and he was like all tough and everything with his pants sagging down and they had huge pink bunny slippers on. <laughs> Giant bunny slippers. Hmm. You like, remember I was telling you at the beginning of this whole pandemic thing about them dudes that was running around masks on, all hard guns hanging out. And I'm like, but you have you have a mask on your face to save lives and a gun on your hip to take them. I don't, I don't understand. No, dude. Slanging and banging, bro. You got a big old red do-rag hanging out your pocket. <laughs> red mask on your face. I made a vegan cry. What are you doing? You, you, like, you, you got to hear this story. I made a vegan cry. You ready for it? All right. But I just want to say that I think that the, 1984 was not a threat yeah 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 or a warning it was a promise um go ahead it was a blueprint yes um so uh there was this vegan and the vegan was telling me how um you know me eating meat was bad and how they're <laughs> a big vegan and all these reasons why they have they're a vegan and why they eat vegan and why like None of their clothing is made from anything that has to do with animals and they don't do leather and they nothing they own has anything to do with animals. Like even in their vehicle, it, none of right. it has anything to do with animals or whatever. And I said, but yeah. uh, you got the vaccine, right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, why? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, that was derived by using animals, right? And they're like, no, no, they they did the testing before. With, with animals and stuff but the vaccine i'm taking right now it has nothing to do with animals really you ever heard of a horseshoe crab they're like no what, what, what's that well you see a horseshoe crab they use it uh in in hospitals and in laboratories and with vaccines and things of that nature to make sure there's no bacteria in the in the in the items in the tools in the tubes in the in the needles whatever so when they're manufacturing those needles to give you your vaccine, they're using horseshoe crab blood to to test for uh, bacteria. So if you got the vaccine at all, well, you got horseshoe crab blood in you. And the person was like, you're lying. I pulled it up on the Internet, showed them the horseshoe crab, showed them the blood of the horseshoe crab, and they showed them what they do with the blood of the horseshoe crab. And the person started crying, called me a dick. <laughs> Like, Wait till oh. they find out that the Hydra is not only real, but they've injected people with this damn thing. I'm just saying, dude, not that many people know anything about these things. You know what I'm saying? 
dude there it's one of the it's one of these weird things that's immortal like it's a it's an animal that you can uh put it in a blender and blend it up and the dang thing will reassemble itself and it's supposedly natural i don't know how natural that is but yeah that ain't so natural. yeah and so they if you take into account all the stuff they're finding out now <laughs> it ain't a it's not too far to <laughs> to throw the stone to actually hit water dude it's there's something going on there man the, the, you're hitting water you know what i'm saying you know and i don't know man the the uh corners are coming out now so you know we were gonna do the react thing to react to that video of that comedian but i i i, I forgot to put it on here so i can't show people what what i'm talking to you about well, that's good because I need to get my laptop set up so that we can, uh, so I can actually interact with what you're showing people, make it a lot easier for me. Yeah, yeah, we should do that sometime. Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna let you go because, um, in ten minutes, I'm gonna be getting Joe on here, and uh, I'm gonna try to get my other segments in before Joe jumps on. Okay. All right, man. Tell hey. Joe I said. Hello, Joe. All right, later, G. J. All right. <laughs> All right, bro. Later. Bye. Oh, that was nice. That was James R. Freeman. Yeah. And he was he was helping me with back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. So um the outpost survival tip of the week is alternative fire starting devices or techniques we got this for uh we got these for for christmas my wife and i got these for christmas and i'll do the i'll do the top down so you can see what i'm looking at it looks like a pen looks like a pen easy light has this has this uh slider on the top here and then it has a button on the bottom and then has what's that like a like a sensor whatever and it's got like a tapered end. Okay. So basically what you do is you push the button. And then you, it lights up and it shows you how many, um, how many bars it has of energy. Let's see. How many bars of energy it has. And then after you push this down. Like that. Then you push this forward. So here we go. Push it down, push it forward. See that? It arcs. It arcs across there. And that creates a creates a flame. Oh, you can actually see it. Look at that. So it creates a flame, and that flame is so hot that it starts a fire like real quick. Like you can and because it's not an actual flame, you could do it upside down like that. So if you have like a candle you need to light. You could do it upside down like this and light a candle. So that, that's we've been using for that, lighting candles and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's rechargeable. Uh, I think that's, that, little, that little hole right there is a chargey port. So they're rechargeable. Let's see. See if I'm correct. Yeah, that's a, that's a micro USB chargey port. Oh, no. I hit the wrong one. That... That is a chargey port, micro USB charge port, so you can charge your stuff. So the Outpost Survival tip of the week is 
an alternative starting the fire starting thing um the benefit of something like this is um if you're if you put this in like your car bug out bag or whatever it doesn't matter if it's windy this thing will start up even if it's windy i've also lit um wet paper and wet things on fire with this because it, it's so hot that it uh, it arcs across there, dries up whatever you're 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 trying to light, and then it lights on fire. So, um, and you could do it in any direction. So if you had to light a light a light something like this down like that, um, in a survival situation, let's say you have a you know a can or something, and you have um, tinder and uh, flammable stuff in the bottom of a of a can, and you wanted to light that can or a stove or whatever like to use to use it as a stove you can get down in there and light it and you don't have to worry about you know the flame coming up at you until it's lit then it'll then it'll come up at you and you just go like that so there you go outpost survival tip of the week is uh consumables no is uh lighter alternative lighting devices all right so hey i also forgot to mention that if you want to send us fan mail you can send fan mail care of comedy vets p.o box 369 Lathrop, missouri 64465 if you're an angry feminist and you're mad at it if something we got going on here you can send hate mail care of comedy vets p.o box 369 lathrop missouri 64465 uh that again Fan mail, care of comedy vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri 64465, or hate mail, care of comedy vets, P.O. Box 369, Lathrop, Missouri 64464465. 6, yeah so cool so we've well let's recap we've done the trivia question which is um what mineral is the softest mineral what is the softest mineral in the world known to man currently we did this week in comedy history we did the ghetto chef thing we did conjecture of fact we did back in the day which was also a conjecture of fact we did the outpost survival tip of the week. Oh man, we've we've got like one five sec four four or five segments left to go. So uh it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have some fun. And then here in a couple minutes, anytime now we'll have Joe on the show. And Joe will jump on and he will he will be part of the show. Joe's gonna be part of the show, so yeah. And if you're chatting, like uh They can't examine the MCM. <laughs> if you wanted to chat, um, like like um, Melissa, Melissa, Mrs. Onyx is chatting on the uh, on the uh, YouTube chat, and Lori is chatting. So if you wanted to chat like that, um, talking about the uh, the London Hammer, um, Mrs. Onyx said they can't examine the MC Hammer because. You can't touch it. 
can't touch this. I just I just noticed she said that. That's really funny. Oh my gosh, that that is hilarious. So, yeah, we're gonna have some fun today. Did you guys like the opening? I changed the opening at the beginning. I don't know if you noticed, and I changed the lighting in here, and I changed the sound in here. So the lighting a little bit better, the sound a little bit better. But at least I think it's a little bit better. You may not think it's a little bit better, but I do. Uh, and then uh, the only bad thing about the lighting is you can see every little imperfection on my shirt. And I, in in the normal light, I can't see any of that. So I have no idea what that is. Like from from the lighting we can see in here, that looks like uh, peanut butter or something. But when you um, when you look at it without the light, there's nothing there. I don't see anything there. So you know what? I I'm not gonna wait for him to call. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him. I'm not waiting for him to call me. I'm calling him. You hear that? We're calling him. We're calling Joe. Joe Chandler. Joe Chandler. Joe Chandler. Chandler Bing. Chandler Bing. He's not going to answer the phone. I sent him a message saying we're 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 on for tonight. He's not answering the phone. Did it go to his voice? Please leave your message for eight. No. Oh well. Well, we're just gonna move on without him. So you know. I'm just gonna send him a message. Boom, I sent him a message. You gonna be on the show tonight, Joe? You gonna be on the show tonight, Joe? What's up, Joe? You be on the show tonight, Joe? Joe could be on the show tonight. Yeah. I really didn't want to jump into the music appreciation thing because then we'd have Joe on the phone and then he wouldn't have any idea what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I'll just reread the trivia. Oh, we already did reread the trivia question. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's what's going on. We got uh, stuff going on here. Well, I'm moving on. Here we go. Boom. We're going to do um, music appreciation. Boom. Music appreciation. We're going to talk about. We're going to talk about music appreciation. We're going to talk about. Fear, the band Fear, um, the band Fear. I got this CD. Well, I'm gonna show you top down. They got this CD, More Beer, Fear. Uh, when I first started listening to Fear, uh, they had um, cassettes. They didn't have CDs back then. They had cassettes, so I was listening to Fear um, when they were doing. Um, music on cassettes and stuff so yeah so fear 
just so those of you who don't know, Fear is an American punk rock band from Los Angeles, California, formed in 1977. The band is credited for helping to shape the sound and style of Californian hardcore punk. The group gained national prominence after an infamous 1981 performance on Saturday Night Live. Frontman Leaving has been the band's only consistent member since its formation. The band has gone through various lineups, lineup changes, and at one point featured Flea playing bass. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Later a member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know. The classic Fear lineup existed from 1978 to 1982 and was composed of Leaving, guitarist Philo Kramer, bassist Durf Scratch, and drummer Spit Sticks. Spit Sticks. Uh, in the 1970s, Fear was formed, you know, like 1977, like I said. And then um, it was not only Leaving, who at the time was the singer and guitarist. I think he still is singer and guitarist. Uh, but Durf Scratch, who's, a, who's the bassist, was also a co-founder of the show there. They recruited guitarist Burt Good and drummer Johnny Backbeat. In 1978, Fear released the single I Love Living in the City, which, great song. Um, shortly after this, Good, the guy named Good, Burt Good, and Johnny Backbeat left the band and were replaced by Philo Kramer and Spit Sticks. So, yeah. So the band Fear. This is the band Fear. Yeah, fear. Here, let's let you look at the fear. Boom. So, you know, you got the classic fear brass knuckle rings. And you got classic. See, 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 it's reverse. So when you get punched, it, it leaves the mark, the word fear on you. And then fear. That's the band fear. Um, this more beer was actually one of the first albums that I heard from the band, um, uh, from the band fear. You've got, uh, the mouth don't stop the mouth don't stop the trouble with women. The mouth don't stop. That's the actual song. Um, responsibility, more beer. Hey, strangulation. I am a doctor, which is a great song. Have a beer with fear. Bomb the Russians. Bomb the Russians. Good song. Welcome to the Dust Ward. Great song. Null Detector and Waiting for the Meat. Waiting for the Meat. I believe they also did a, a book of matches at one point or another. I think Fear is the one that did a booga. A booga matches. A booga. A booga matches. They did that song. A book of matches. So yeah, Fear, Fear's a good band. I, I'm I'm glad they're still like out running around and stuff like that. I think we saw Fear. Maybe we didn't see Fear. We've my, my wife and I have seen a lot of bands, punk bands. We like we like traveling around, watching um, punk rock music. So, you know, you may you may enjoy watching the punk rock music. We enjoy watching the punk rock music. So, 
Yeah, music appreciation. Fear. Punk rock. Punk rock music. Fear. We're trying to get Joe on the phone. And if he doesn't answer this time, we're just going to skip it. Skip, skip to the next segment. Nope. Please leave your... Nope. Okay. Well, we're skipping it. Skipping it. Where is it? Boom. Pathetic Pet of the Week. The Pathetic Pet of the Week. Boom, boom. We're also trying to get um a sponsor for the Pathetic Pet of the Week. So hopefully that'll come around and then we'll be able to do the Pathetic Pet of the Week and have a sponsor as part of it. This week's Pathetic Pet of the Week is May. This is May. Say hello, May. May in a little sweater. May. May in a dress and May in a little sweater. May is a Japanese chin. Adult, female, small. Um, good with other dogs. Has everything health-wise up to date. Meet May. I'm going to zoom in a little bit. Yeah. Zoom in a little bit. Adoption fee is $300, includes two-week trial to ensure everybody's happy. May was recently retired from a breeder. She's a Japanese chin. When he joined, when, when, when she joined her foster home, she was pretty fearful of everything. We don't think she had much human interaction in her past. She has come a long way this past month. And her personality is starting to show, and she's becoming a joyful little dog. May's been learning all sorts of new things, like go, like going up and down stairs, being petted and scratched. Pet petting and scratchies is nice, and learning to potty outside. She still has a ways to go on learning how to potty outside, because, you know, a lot of times when a dog hasn't learned how to go potty outside, sometimes it's hard to um to convince them to go potty outside so you know she's she's got that going on you know um let's see where is she at um may does well with dogs of all sizes but doesn't appreciate ones that are overly playful or obnoxious in her face may will sit on your lap but is not something she enjoys at this point. So she doesn't like sitting on your lap, but she'll do it if she has to. Okay. May would be best with her with, with older children. And we only say that because she's still skittish and toddlers or uh, they do a lot of running around and stuff will probably scare her. Any, any kid that's running around freaking out, they'll scare a little skittish dog. She'd also, uh, do best with a standard fenced-in yard due to her not being housebroken and apartment life would probably not suit her as she will not use potty pads. Um, she's been spayed, has dental work done, like her dental stuff has been checked out. She's been vaccinated, been heartworm tested negative, she's been microchipped. If you have interest in adopting May, you can contact furrykidsrefuge.org slash adoption, furrykidsrefuge.org slash adoption. So May, $200, you can adopt May. 
And again, here are some of her pictures. Uh, May in a dress, May in a sweater, and May just hanging out on a rug. That is May. You may want to adopt May. If you decide to adopt May, that's cool. Miss Chickabay and May and the Tay Sway and the Wayne. Okay. So you can you can you can uh adopt May. So well I'm gonna try Joe one more time. And if I don't get Joe on the phone this time, I'm just gonna do the next segment without him and say he's not gonna be on the show tonight. Yep. <clears throat> Which I don't blame him because I've been flaking the last few weeks, so you know. If he's got other stuff to do, that's cool. You know, don't hold it against him that he's not answering the phone. I don't. Jay and I really do make a great team. Oh, thanks, Mrs. Onyx, for saying that. I really appreciate it. Jay and I make a great team. Nope. Watch, watch. You Please leave your message. Oh, you remember me. All right. So that was the pathetic pet of the week. Um, boom. You know, I'm just going to have to do the next segment by myself. By myself. This is the... Breakdown. I'm going to break it down. Where is it? Breakdown. I'm going to be breaking down Wayne's World. Wayne's World. For those of you who have never heard of Wayne's World, you've got um, Mike Myers, not the uh, serial killer in the movie Halloween. Mike Myers and Dana Carvey from Saturday Night Live fame. Uh, did a movie called Wayne's World based on the Wayne's World, um, based on the Wayne's World um, sketch that they used to do on Saturday Night Live. So here's the the basic synopsis of the thing. You ready? Wayne is still living at home. He has a world class collection of name tags from jobs he's tried, but he does. But he does have his own public access television show. A local station decides to hire him and his sidekick, Garth, to do their show professionally. And Wayne and Garth find it uh, find it is no longer the same show. So they do the show for a, for a TV station, and it's not the same. Wayne falls for a bass guitarist and uses his his and Garth's video contacts to help her career all, uh, along knowing that Ben Oliver, the sleazy advertising guy who's running their show, will probably take her away from him if they fail. So, yeah. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl. So, yeah. Boom. We're not going to play the trailer. I don't know why the trailer keeps trying to trying to play. I don't want to play the trailer. Is it is it playing the trailer? No, man. I don't want to play the trailer. Good. I don't want to play the trailer. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll hurl. Wayne's world. So party on. Excellent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So boom. Alright. Well, that was um the breakdown. Oh, 
So I guess I got to break it down. I just told you a little bit about it. Okay. So we'll actually break it down. Okay. Um, break it down for you. All right. So, um, and spoiler alerts. Okay. So Wayne and Garth are doing a public access show in Wayne's, uh, Wayne's uh, basement and their friends, a bunch of heavy metal guys who, who like, you know, hair, hair, hair metal, heavy metal, rock and roll, whatever. Um, run the run the show like they do the switching and stuff like that and then they they beam it to a public access television station and the public access station airs it on on their thing live so um they have different guests and things on there well in this movie uh there's a guy who um is is um trying to get it on with a girl and the girl is more interested in Wayne's world than she is with him. So he's like, I wonder who these people are. Um, so he, he tries to find out as much information as he can about them. And then before he even talks to Wayne and Garth, he goes to a television station and sells the idea of putting the television or putting them on the air and gets a sponsor and everything. So he sells the idea to a sponsor, gets them on the air, and then he goes and talks to her, gets them, you know, gets the deal done. Then he goes to talk to Wayne and Garth, gets them to agree with it. They do the show. It ends up not being a very good show. Um, you know, and there's there's various scenes or whatever where um, uh, Wayne and Garth, they have a, a relationship issue because things have changed so much. And then uh, Wayne is sent off. Um to to go cover a concert, an Alice Cooper concert, and actually gets a backstage pass and goes and hangs out with Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper and his band are there and they're talking and they're 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 saying things really, really smart because they're really, really smart. So um, you know. So that's what? Oh. Anyway. So then uh uh Wayne has the hots for this chick. By the way, they're heavy metal bar. They got a rock and roll bar in this in this movie. And the music is not rock and roll. It's more like poppy music. It's not not really heavy metal or rock and roll. So how do they call it a heavy metal club or a heavy metal bar? Because it's not. There's nothing heavy metal about it except for a couple of the people in there who are dressed sort of heavy metal. But the music isn't even heavy metal. Anyway, well, it's just this pet peeve of mine. Don't don't call it heavy metal if it's not heavy metal. All right, so then uh, uh, Garth is trying to, or you know, Wayne's trying to bang this this chick. Garth, he's got the hots for this other chick and is afraid to say hi to her, afraid to talk to her or whatever. Um, but he but he has daydreams about talking to her, but he never does. Oh, and Al Bundy's in it as as the restaurant owner, and uh, he's uh, really bitter. Um, because at one point or another in, in his past, he may have killed someone and they had to do it. It had to have been something that had to have been done. So, uh, anyway, if you've never seen Wayne's world, I would suggest that you go watch Wayne's world. Um, you know, ho hopefully they're not, it was made in 1992. So hopefully they're not going to redo this movie and screw it up. Like, like they, they did other movies that, uh, that were iconic to the eighties and nineties, you know? So like Bill and Ted, they, they, I think they messed that, that whole franchise up. The first movie was 
fine the way it was. You didn't need to go making more of them, and you didn't need to reboot it. So, nope, nobody reboots Wayne's World. All right, so let's see. We're going to get back to the... Um, boom, 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 boom. Hey, man. Trivia. Snap. So the answer to the trivia question... Okay, we're going to recap the trivia question. The trivia question this week was, what is the softest mineral in the world? A lot of people are allergic to it. The answer is talc. The softest mineral in the world is talc. So, yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's basically the whole show. That's basically the whole show. The whole show, don't you know? That's the whole show. So, yeah. All right, then. Well, if I go like this, and then I go like this, boom. You've been listening to Married with Comedy with Jeff Onyx, with special guest and co-host um, James R. Freeman. And we were going to have Joe on here, but... Maybe Joe will jump back on next week. All right. Very good time. Yeah.